Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. This is the day after Christmas, December 26th, Monday. We're a day late, but we weren't doing a pot on Christmas. So here we are, TJ Pittenger, Richie Barnes, and we are joined by Tyler McComas. Tyler, host of The Rush on the REF from 2 to 6 p.m. on 94.7 FM in OKC. Tyler, how are you doing? I'm good, guys. Just felt like forever since uh, OU's played a football game. And they're about to do it this week against one of the best teams that they played all year long. So there's, I, I don't want to speak for every OU fan, but I think I can speak for most of them. It kind of feels like, oh God, it's game week, cool, but we're about to get destroyed by Florida State. Mostly, it's kind of the feel around here. Well, outside of that, how was your uh, how was your Christmas? <laughs> Man, it was great. You know, having a few days off. Um, I, and, and I don't know how much you guys talk about recruiting on this pod, but like that's been the one positive thing about OU is they finished with the top five recruiting class. So that's what everyone wanted to talk about at Christmas is, uh, hey, how about that recruiting class? That's pretty nice, right? So, no, it, it, was, it, was, it was great. Yeah, more positivity there. Richie, how was your Christmas? Uh, it was good. It was long, you know, eight hours up to Charlotte on Thursday, eight hours back yesterday. Um, I think I might have caught something from the nieces or nephew, but uh, I'm feeling a little better than last night and uh, really excited to, you know, I think I'm a little more excited than Tyler and the uh, Oklahoma fan base is about this game based on our off-air conversation as well. Well, let's get after it. We appreciate you guys tuning in. If you're watching, if you're listening, make, do us a favor, hit the share button, thumbs up, you can comment below, and we'll try and answer some questions as we go. But uh, Tyler's our guest on the Rohan Law Extra Sauce guest segment. Rohan Law specializes in injury cases. If you've been hurt in a wreck or slip and fall, Rohan Law are the knolls you need. Doug and his wife, Julia, are former marching chiefs, and Doug graduated from FSU's law school. Just like we enjoy talking strategy, Doug and his team will come up with a winning strategy for your case. Call them today at 888-99-KNOWLES to review your case for free. If you don't need them today, still look them up on YouTube and Twitter. It's at Rohan Law. They'll be your best friends on your worst day. Tyler, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, you've kind of already given us a little bit of a heads up or a little bit of a preview, but what is outside of the, you know, outside of the excitement around the recruiting class, but talk to us a little bit about the, the fan base. Like, do you expect fans to travel? You talked about some difficulties getting to Orlando or what, what are you expecting really just from a mood of the fan base right now? I would expect the crowd to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 90, 10 Florida state fans, honestly. And I'm guessing a lot of FSU fans are going to make the trip to Orlando. I just, I, I feel like I have a pretty good, you know, pulse of the fan base around here. And I just, I don't hear of anyone making the trip to Orlando. Now there's a, you know, decent number of OU fans that live in the state of Florida and in the Southeast. And those fans will take this opportunity to go see OU in Orlando. So it's not like they're not going to have anyone show up, but it's going to be a major pro Florida State crowd. Just because, guys, this is the worst season they've had since 1998. And OU has been trying to get over the hump for a while, but getting over the hump normally has meant, you know, a, an 11-1 season where they lose in the semifinals. Uh, Eight and four season at worst. It's been since 1998, guys, since they've had a season this bad. There's just not a whole lot of excitement around this particular team this year. Um, some people are really starting to question what the future of this program looks like, whereas a year ago everyone was just excited, and it's – Venable's going to win a national championship here. There's no doubt about that. And two, like I kind of hinted, it's just no one thinks that they're going to win this game. So, you know, like you can make a relatively – cheap trip to Houston, 
Um, same thing with Memphis for the Liberty Bowl. Orlando's a little bit more expensive, a little bit more difficult to get there. And like I said, like no one wants to spend that type of money when they think that they're just going to get rolled by FSU in a few days. So the mood of the fan base, I think, is this recruiting class has helped. But with this particular team and, and the opt-outs that they have, it's yeah, I just there's not really a whole lot of, of excitement around it. What's the overall mood? You said there was some some excitement around the recruiting class, which has been very, very good. Um, so many times you, you see coaches get a complete free pass, almost like a year zero for their first year. Is the fan base giving that to Venables right now? Like, is is six and six? We're we're willing to like because it seems like Florida fans are yeah. somewhat doing that with Napier. Seems like Florida State fans did that early with Norvell. Like, what are, what are the fan base's thoughts just in general? That's a good comp with Billy Napier at Florida. I think the difference, TJ, probably is, you know, Florida didn't have sky high expectations this year, right? I mean, maybe they had higher expectations than the 6-6 six and six or 6-7 six and seven season that they had, but OU did have sky-high expectations. You know, there was just this thought, and it's obviously wrong now, that, okay, well, the soft culture of Lincoln-Riley, that's out west now. Like, Brent Venables, like, he plays defense. Like, this team immediately, after one offseason, is just going to, they're going to turn into a top 30 defense. They're going to continue to play offense at a high level. Their strength and conditioning is going to be back. They're going to be tougher. They're going to tackle well. And some positive things did happen this year. But you had these big expectations of winning the Big 12 championship, getting back to the college football playoff, and you were just not even any sort of close to that at all this year. So is there a pass? No. And I think year two is is really big for Brent Venables. Do I think that he would get fired? After a six and six, seven and five season, no, he might enter year three as in the hottest seat in the country. But again, it, when it's your worst season since 1998, and you're just not used to six and six seasons around here, even though everyone loved the Brent Venables hire at the time, and a lot of people still believe in the hire, I, I don't, I don't think that he's gotten a pass this year, especially because there's been a lot of situations as well late in games where. You know, his clock management wasn't great, or his decision to kick a field goal here instead of going for it on fourth and two has been scrutinized. I don't, I, I don't hear a whole lot of people giving him a, a pass. Yeah. Richie, you're on mute. Or your mic came out. I'll roll with one more while Richie's at it. Uh, spread in this game, nine and a half. Uh, what are your, I mean, We'll talk more about that, but we'll get a kind of a prediction later. But do you think that spread's set fairly well? Do you think that that's high, low? Where are you at there? Um, I mean, if I were to bet on it, I feel like I would take the Florida State side of things. You know, I just I, – here, here's what it is for me, TJ. I, I need to see a path to victory for OU in this game because I can't, I can't find one. Like, what were they good at this year? Well, Eric Gray had a phenomenal year. Eric Gray was their best player. He's not playing on Thursday. He opted out, okay? So your offensive line played well at times. Well, your two best offensive linemen opted out of this game. You have another defensive lineman that opted out of this game. So, you know, the positive things that you did have this year, a few of those aren't going to play in this bowl game. And then you look at the Florida State side of things, right? Jordan Travis is an excellent dual-threat quarterback. And I know a lot of teams out there have had issues with dual-threat quarterbacks, but OU really has this year. Like, you look at what Max Duggan did against them. You look at what Adrian Martinez at Kansas State did against them. They really had troubles with dual-threat quarterbacks. Then you got a 6'7 wide receiver out there that, you know, OU's not 
long and rangy at corner and safety, that's going to be a difficult matchup with Johnny Wilson out on the edge. Um, and I mean, you just look at all these individual things with Florida State. They're a better football team than OU, and the best parts of OU are opting out of this game. I don't know. I mean, TJ, I would, I would probably take FSU minus 9.5 if I, if I was going to bet on this game. I, I think it's a little too low. We, uh, we talked about some of the opt-outs. Who are some of the guys that are playing that Florida State fans could keep their eyes on? Maybe one on offense, one on defense. I mean, you can obviously add more if you want, but who are some guys that they should look for to maybe make a difference? Well, obviously the quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, uh, who used to play at UCF. Some, some FSU fans might be familiar with him. He, he is going to play in this game. Uh, I, I do think he's going to come back next year, even though he hasn't made an announcement yet. Very up and down year from him. It's kind of feast or famine with the deep ball. Um, at times, this offense throws the deep ball well. At, at other times, not so much. The one player I think that they should probably keep an eye on is Marvin Mims. And for whatever reason, Marvin Mims just hasn't had the type of year that we thought he was going to have. He was the leading wide receiver his freshman and sophomore year. Now that this is this is his true junior year, and he just had um, – he had some really high moments, but some really low moments with some drops. But if OU is going to put up some points, they're going to do it with the deep ball, and they're going to get it with number 17, Marvin Mims. Uh, on defense, I'd probably say Danny Stutzman, who's right there in the middle of their defense as a linebacker. He's actually a Florida kid, uh, grew up around the Orlando area, so he's coming home to play in this game. And, you know, Brent Venables, when he was at Oklahoma, he had great – Backers, man, year in and year out, he had great linebacker play, and obviously the same thing at Clemson. Um, and, and, and I think the hope is that Danny Setsman can be that next guy. He, he's got a long way to go, but if you're looking for someone defensively, number 28, Danny Stutzman, the middle of their defense, is, is probably the guy that Florida State fans need to watch the most. And we'll see if Jordan Travis is able to use his feet to make a lot of plays, but Danny Stutzman's going to have a big hand in that, whether you know Jordan Travis is able to get loose a few times or not. Yeah, and Mike Norvell's really always been a guy who wants to establish the run early and often. I certainly think that's his game plan to heading into this week. Uh, for the first time at, in like 20 years, Florida State's had seven straight 200-yard rushing games. How does Oklahoma stack up against the run? Well, they were like one of the worst teams in the Big 12 against the run this year. Like For, for the majority of the season, they were giving up around that number that you just said, 200 yards per game. OU like gave up around 200 yards uh, per game, you know, most of the year. And I think they may have finished ninth or maybe even last in the Big 12 still after this year. They weren't great against the run, I mean, to put it simply. And again, to bring it up, again, a, a big reason why they weren't great against the run is their inability to be able to solve these dual threat quarterbacks that they played in the conference this year. So Jalen Redman, one of their defensive linemen, opt out of the game. Um, I mean, it, it's hard for me to sit here and think that. This OU defense uh, is going to limit Florida State to 75 rushing yards or anything like that. If Mike Norvell wants to establish the run game and you're saying that he, he's going to want to, I think he's probably going to have some early success with that. Yeah, and then uh, just uh, looking at Oklahoma's offense, I know the opt-outs are a really killer, uh, but I think the scheme still sets up to you know possibly put up a lot of points against a Florida State defense that really struggled against good offenses. You know, look at our most recent game against Florida, they came in to Tallahassee and it kind of did whatever they wanted. So just looking at the defense, where, where are they going to want to attack the defense because up front they're solid, but Florida State secondary can be a little iffy to be honest. 
There, there it is right there. I mean, if, if OU is going to compete in this game, if they're going to be competitive, if they're going to score points, guys, it's going to be on the deep ball. Uh, if they had Eric Gray, I, I would probably tell you the run game. If they had their two best offensive linemen for this game, I would definitely say, well, they're going to try to establish the run with Eric Gray. He's been their best player this year. But like I like I said, they're, they're opting out. So you got mid, like your wide receiver cores, it, it, it's okay. I mean, it's it's very, very capable. Dylan Gabriel, like I said, throwing the deep ball is very capable. And if Florida State's secondary is shaky, look for OU to attack that. The, the only issue is, and it's been an issue this year, is it's been kind of feast or famine offensively. Like you'll never say no to a three or four play drive, but when OU has scored touchdowns, it's been three or four plays, three, four play drives or a three and out, and they put their defense in a really tough situation. But yes, yeah, so if OU is going to have success, it's going to be in the vertical passing game, throwing to Mims, who I mentioned, throwing to Jaleel Farouk, throwing to Drake Stoops, um, guys like that. Braden Willis, their tight end, who's had a really good year. They're, they're going to have to be able to throw the ball downfield for sure. Now I'm on mute. Uh, you mentioned and talked about the attitude of the fan base and just kind of, eh, you know, not going, not excited. Let's move on. Let's get to the next year. What do you, what do you think about the team? Like, do you, do you think the team okay, – so we, we talked about Napier. We talked about UF. I don't know if you caught that game against – uh, Oregon State yeah. against Las Vegas, but they just didn't look like they wanted to be there uh, at all, right? You, you guys were giving terrible effort, um, had to kick a field goal with like 40 seconds left to preserve a non-shutout streak. What do you think about Oklahoma's team? Do you, do you think they want to be here this week? Like bowl games so much to me are about like who gives a rip about being there. You know, we see upsets all the time. And I think that you can always, you know, normally point to well, that team didn't look very interested. Or at least that's what SEC teams that lose bowl games tell you, right? Like OU fans still hate <laughs> Dan Mullen. Still, still hate Dan Mullen to this day for the crap that he pulled after OU blasted Florida in that 2020 Cotton Bowl. But, TJ, I don't question whether OU wants to be here or not. I, I think they do because, you know, I, I know that I'm sounding very negative towards OU's chances right now. But what you can't ignore is the opportunity that's in front. I mean, this is a good Florida State football team. Um, this would be by far and away, not even close, your best win of the year. Like, there's an opportunity here, even after a tough 6-6 six, six and six year, to have some momentum going into the offseason – uh, and, and have a top 15 win. I think a lot of people around here are saying, well, Florida State, and I have this opinion too, Florida State is the best team not playing in a New Year's Six bowl game this bowl season. So the opportunity is there. And like with the opt-outs, you got a lot of young guys who got a chance to really assert themselves in starting spots for next year, especially at running back. Your 1-2 on Thursday is probably going to be a true freshman, Javante Barnes, who's had a really nice year. He looks like he's got a chance to be a good back. And then another true freshman who really hasn't played this year in Gavin Salchuk, but is a speedster. So you've got young players all over the board with like, okay, here's my chance to really put myself in a situation going into the offseason where this coaching staff says, all right, he's our, he's our dude at that spot. So no, I, I, I do not question OU's you know, will to want to be here at all. The only problem is, like we talk about give a rip meter, like from where I'm sitting, I got to think Florida State really cares about this game too. It's their chance to win 10 games for the first time since, what, since Jimbo was on campus, right? Um, you talk about momentum going into the offseason, like this could really propel Florida State going into the offseason. I know I'm not telling you guys anything that you don't already know, 
But, you know, Florida State wins this game. There might be some people pick them to make the playoff next year with everything that they have coming back. We'll, we'll see if that happens or not. But I do think both sides really care about this one. Yeah, I definitely think Florida State does. It's interesting. You know, we even have a guy in the portal, a linebacker, Amari Gaynor, who's going to play in this bowl game and finish out his career at Florida State before moving on. So that's interesting to me. Um, but were you and Oklahoma fans kind of surprised you ended up in the Cheez-It Bowl? I feel like, you know, it was an easy no-brainer for the Cheez-It Bowl just to get two big brand names like that in, you know, not the greatest bowl game. Yes, uh, because what OU was six and five going into the final regular season game of the year. They had a huge lead against Tech, who had basically the same record as you going into that game, and you end up losing. So it's like, oh God, six and six. Like hopefully don't end up in the Armed Forces Bowl before Christmas. But you know, I I, I think that there was a surprise that yes, they ended up in the Cheese It Bowl slots. But at the same time, there was still a thought of, well, the, the brand helps out a lot, especially when the Cheez-Its Bowl is picking between OU or Texas Tech or Oklahoma State or even Baylor, for that matter. Like, OU and Florida State, like, we did this on the radio show a couple of weeks ago. In terms of, like, all-time college football success, is OU and Florida State the two best brand names matching up in a bowl game? I mean, maybe I, Georgia and Ohio State would have a really good case, but OU and Florida State, like, that's one of the best, maybe the best name brand matchup that we have in this bowl season. So, to answer your question, yes, surprised that they made it all the way to the Cheez It Bowl. No, that they didn't slip all the way down to like the Armed Forces Bowl because, you know, the, the name brand matters, especially now that it's not as slotted as they used to be. Everyone wants, you know, TV exposure with their bowl game. What's the best matchup we could have? And OU Florida State, I mean, that, I mean that's it, – it sounds like a really fun matchup, I, I would think, to a lot of people. Do you think that they made this the matchup because we got robbed of a Florida State-Oklahoma Women's College World Series? <laughs> <laughs> well, what, you got it uh, two years ago, right, when yeah. uh, Sydney Sherrill, who's from – Right up the road in Moore. She, gosh, she's a she's a great player. That was a, that was a fun series. But yeah, uh, you got OU Texas last year in the championship series instead. That's probably right, TJ. That's maybe Lonnie Alameda will uh, be at the coin toss or something. Uh, <laughs> Lonnie Alameda and Patty Gasso at the coin toss on Thursday. Who knows? We uh, we've got a couple of questions in the comments just about um, uh, strength of schedule. Oklahoma had a. 13 strengths of strength of schedule. OU had, I'm sorry, OU had the 13th ranked strength of schedule, and Florida State had the 28th. When I look up quickly, strength of record, um, Florida State's a lot better there. Florida State's strength of record was actually 12th, and Oklahoma's. I have to go to load more to to find where Oklahoma's was. So, it, not not great. So anyway, do you want to? Do you have a quick comment on that? We just had somebody ask that a couple of times, so I wanted to. Get your thoughts. Oklahoma played a little tougher schedule. Maybe that's maybe that's kind of a hope for them. Yeah, look, I I really like it's not my style to be just like super negative. I'm just I'm really trying to like find ways to where this can happen. Like I, I really am. So you bring up strength of record. Well, okay, that's fair. OU played a playoff team this year. Florida State didn't. I mean, Florida State played a team that won the SEC West, but OU played a playoff team. Well, how did that go? 
well, they got destroyed, right? <laughs> so, um, and and, and that's, that was the thing about the six and six year is you're not just used to getting blown out by teams in the Big 12, and you did this year. You got blown out by TCU. You got blown out by Texas, 49 nothing. I mean, there were some really tough losses in there. I mean, yeah, I – how about this? Like, if you want to look at record, and that's kind of you know one of the few things that we've been able to like identify. Like, okay, well, maybe here's a spot where maybe I don't know. Like, we all think Florida State's good, but they lost three consecutive games to three ranked teams. Maybe they lost to the three best teams that they played. We don't think that they're full school, but when you're trying to find something, you'll go down that rabbit hole a little bit. No. Sure, like OU did play at a record, but at the same time, the better teams they played, they got really exposed. So that one's that one's a tough one for me. Well, let's get you out of here. I appreciate you for hanging out. Um, have you have you done this? Are you going to do this on the radio? Do you have a score prediction for the game? Um, what are your What are your thoughts? I mean, we we've, we've kind of heard all your analysis on it, but if you had yeah. to score today, <laughs> uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to be pretty. But we're going to ask you anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't done a final score prediction, and I really I haven't thought of like the area where I want to be. So. I'm going to say Florida State wins in the neighborhood of 38, let's go 38-20 final score. Um, it's a game It's a game where I think, you know, Richie was talking about running the ball early. I think that's going to happen with Florida State. I think it's one of those where, you know, Florida State jumps out to a 10-0 lead and OU is able to stay, you know, comfortably kind of in the game, but you never really feel threatened. And Florida State covers the spread, wins this game by 18 points or so. I, I and I know that you guys are interviewing me, but I, I would, I would love to use this for my radio show. Like, how do you guys feel about this? Like, am I? Do you guys think I'm crazy, way off, way too negative about it, or are you guys going into this thing thinking Florida State's definitely the better team, and we feel like they're going to win pretty easy? Yeah, I think Florida State was at the you, – you were right. Um, I think Florida State's probably the scariest team that's not in the playoff. Like, I think this this year in a 12-team playoff, no number five seed would have wanted to play Florida State. Yeah. Right? Like, that That would not have been a thing that they wanted. And so, yeah, I think that um, – I think Florida State finished the year as one of the hotter teams in college football. Um I think that there's the chance that Russ could, you know, a little bit of a layoff could you you could see a slow start, but yeah, Florida State's the better team, and they didn't play up to par against Florida. Um, I think Florida and Oklahoma. I think Florida, Oklahoma, and Oregon State, Florida State would have been two better games. I know that yeah, bowl alignment and conference alignment stuff like matters for that, but uh, so anyway, I, I think Florida State can probably get away with not even playing their best game and, and winning this, but it'll be close if they don't. But if they play their best game, then, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a 14- to 17-point win. Even if Oklahoma plays really well, I think Florida State's just the better team here. So if they don't go out and shoot yeah. themselves in the foot and play poorly and, you know, the rust or layoff doesn't affect them too bad, which obviously Oklahoma has the same layoff, um, then I think they'll win kind of going away, like you said. I don't expect to win by 30, but I, I do think they win. Richie? Yeah, I think that – you know, if there were no opt-outs, especially on the offensive side of the ball for Oklahoma, then it, we could have been looking at like a 49 to 45 type game. And it would have been exciting because I do think that offense would be able to take advantage of our secondary. Um, not having three starting off at the lineman in a 1,300-yard back, I think that really hurts them a little bit. So I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up. So I'll say somewhere in the 41 to 30 range, I think Oklahoma does, you know, hit a few big plays on the defense just because they haven't played in a month. Yeah. Um, Tyler, where can people 
follow you? Where can they find your work? Where can they listen to you? Um, give, the, give the folks a, a parting shout out for yourself. Yeah, uh, we're going to have a ton of Cheez It Bowl coverage this week at, at our station. Um, I'm going to guess, you know, you, you probably can't get 94 7 FM out of Oklahoma City all the way in Tallahassee, Florida. So, but we do have an app that people uh, around the country and around the world listen to us on KRF in the App Store. I think we lost him for a sec. If he was on his phone, he might have gotten a call or something. Let's see. KREF. Richie was going to download it like that second. <laughs> he didn't hear the he didn't hear the end of the app. No, I, I actually love listening to you know opposing media to, who cover it to get a better idea of you know what they think is going to happen because obviously listening to Florida State all the time, you start kind of getting that echo chamber. They're all out of practice together, so. I'll probably will download the app and listen to the cheese at bowl Let's coverage uh, leading up to it. Um, sorry, I cut you off there. K R E F, K E R F. I'm I messing it up. You go ahead. <laughs> K R E F in the app store is is where you can find it. And my computer, my fault. My computer keeps shutting down. I don't know if it's like all the negativity. If this thing's like <laughs> I can't deal with this. In- <laughs> we'll cut him out again. I'll shoot Tyler a message. We'll get his info in the link. Um, but no sweat. Appreciate Tyler for coming on. Appreciate him for hanging out. I'll shoot him a message real quick. Richie, talk about what we're doing on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday morning. Anyone who's going to be in town and looking to play some golf, uh, Harlan, myself, and some others will be out at Shingle Creek. Um, at the Rosen Shingle Creek right by UCF's Hospitality School. So it's over by the Convention Center area. Um, Tea times are getting pretty booked up. So uh, just call and try and get whatever time you can. I think we're going to be out there at 830 but the big event, the tailgate, I'm looking forward to that, TJ. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we are doing a big tailgate. Uh, if you go to cheeseitbowltailgate.eventbrite.com, that link is in the description. We are hanging out tomorrow, uh, I'm sorry, Thursday, uh, two blocks from the stadium. All you can eat, all you can drink. Guthrie's will be there. Of course, our friends at Bay Cannon Beer appreciate them. There's a link to get some Bay Cannon hemp seltzers down there in the description as well. Going to give away a couple of tickets to that. I'm going to give them, I ran a contest. We're going to give them away to Deborah Billard. So Miss Deborah's the best Noel in the world. Of course, she ended up winning. So Deb Billard running Noel on Twitter. Um, I'll shoot you a DM and we'll give those away. But we've got tickets for sale right now. If you want to um, come out to the tailgate, again, all you can eat, all you can drink, um, whatever you need, we will get you taken care of. It is cheeseitbowltailgate.eventbrite.com. It's also in my pinned tweet. It's all over. It's in the description. Come hang out with us Thursday at the tailgate. All right. We've got our pick six. Harlan can't jump on. Um, Harlan, if you can also, I know this is kind of a pain in the butt, but if you can also change out the sponsors on the bottom, I know that's a pain because we went to a new scene. But uh, shout out to Made Equal. Made Equal is a clothing brand that raises awareness for racial and color discrimination and financially supports local charities and partners working to bring positive change for it. Their primary objective is to create a platform for anyone and everyone to talk about diversity, race, culture, and facing adversity in a safe place. And they donate 10% of your order to local partners that you choose from a list. I know they work with the Boys and Girls Club in Tallahassee, in Tampa, and then some other organizations as well. I saw that... 
Oh, we got Tyler. Oh, I know we didn't. Uh, I saw that they partnered recently with Michaela Edenfield. So really exciting there. Good stuff. Love that they're working with her. Um, they've worked with Trayshawn Ward this year, and they've got other stuff and big news coming. Appreciate Made Equal for their support. Their website is madeequalco.com. Um, Harlan, do you want to side text me the update? Like, Harlan can't jump in today, but if you, Harlan, if you tell me, like, what your picks are, um, I'll make sure that you get added to this. Or maybe we just kick Harlan out because he is winning. So this is mine and Richie's chance to come back. All right, so going into the bowl game, Richie, we're right there. Harlan's got 41 points, Richie's got 38, and I've got 38. What we need to decide now is are we – is this the last one or will like, will we add the playoff? Do you want to add the national championship? I don't want to do anything but those two if we do more, but is this the last one? Do you want to add those two? Cause we will talk about the playoff and the national championship. So what do you vote Richie? Um, I'll let you guys know Thursday or Friday morning. No, no, you got to know now. Cause otherwise we're not. Having no, let's, it. Yeah. Let's, let's extend it out to the playoff in the national title game. All right, I'm good with that. Harlan, if you're good with that, Harlan's winning, so he probably doesn't want to do that. But, yeah, we can do the playoff in the national championship. I don't know any of those players on those teams, so it'll be a crapshoot for me, but it'll be fun. All right, first one up, Jordan Travis over 300.5 total yards. Richie, you're supposed to do these, so I'll do that when you do the rest of them. Um, I, I think I'll take the over on this one. I don't know. That's right around his average on the season. Uh, but I probably should have made this a little higher, but we'll see what you and Harlan think. I'll take the over though. Um, Harlan's got the over as well. I'll go, I'll go under here just to try and pick up the point. I think it's probably over, but I'll try and pick up a point here and say he gets in like the 290 range. Give me Trey Benson, like going off for a couple of times. So give me the under here all but right that's not a very confident one so i'm assuming you're going to take the over here trey benson 100.5 total yards so not just rushing yards uh thursday yeah that's a tough one too i i really yeah i really like in real life would flip these picks but yeah i'll take the over there if i'm taking the um actually you know what no no, no. i'll try and double up here i'll i'll go under on this one um that's it he has been catching a little more out of the backfield lately. I'll, I'll take the over on this one as well. So either TJ or I are going to be just dead in the water after after Thursday's picks. Yeah, I'll either, after those two, I'll either, well, I guess we can split them. So, all right, next up, uh, Harlan's also got the over there. All right, Johnny Wilson, does he get the end zone 0. 0.5 touchdown catches on the day? Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say he does not get a touchdown. I'm going to say he has a nice day, but I'm going to say he doesn't get into the end zone. I hate, but I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. I was hoping to catch you and Harlan taking the over, but we'll see if Harlan does here. Yeah, Harlan took the over as well. I don't know. I just There's a lot of weapons out there. I think Florida State's going to run with relative ease when they get in the red zone. You know, I, I, I think that, I don't know, but he certainly could. Like, and if they get in the end zone and it's like third and three from the seven, it's a touchdown to Wilson. So we lose that one. Uh, what's next? All right. We have Jamie Robinson, 10 and a half tackles. I'm a little surprised he's playing in this game, but since he is, you know, that kind of tells me he wants to be there. And I think he's going to be all over the, over the field in what we think will be his last game as a Florida State Seminole. So I'll take the over on that one. 
Harlan's got the under here, and I'm kind of leaning under as well. I think there's a path that Florida State gets up really big in this game and rests some guys. And, you know, even though it could potentially be Jamie's last game, I think you're going to want to get some young guys in there, kind of let Jamie have some time to just enjoy the sidelines, maybe play a hangman or something with his teammates. <laughs> uh, so give me the under there. But, again, I'm not confident in this one. I just think that there's a chance he comes out of the game because we're up. So, All right. Jared Verse. I'm going to change this to three and a half tackles for loss slash sacks in this game. Over, under. Yeah, I'm going under there at three and a half. I think I'm going to go over just the fact that they're missing three starting offensive linemen uh, from not a great offensive line already. I, I think I'm going to take the over on that one. Harlan. Arlen was over at your original line, but he's under now. Okay. I just think he has a big game. And do you think first is coming back? Because that's the one that we seem to have the least amount of clarity on right now. Um, I think there's a better chance that he comes back than um, goes. It's no inside info. It's just my gut. I think there's a little bit better chance that he yeah. comes back. Cool. And then the final one, Alex Mastromano, two and a half punts on the day. Um, I'll go over here. I'll go with an over. I think I'll take the under just because I think Florida State's going to move the ball. So if they're not scoring touchdowns, they'll at least be attempting field goals. And this is a great game to try and get your kicker some extra confidence and some extra reps. And, you know, I don't want to call this meaningless because this team wants that 10th win really, really bad. But I, I could see Mike being, you know, more aggressive around the middle of the field. And then, uh, you know, once they cross midfield, punting's kind of out of the, not an option anymore, unless you're in like a fourth and 17. Um, how about Harlan? Harlan's got the over as well. Yeah, so my thought process there is they probably punt once in the first half um, and then take their foot off the gas late. You know, if, if they're up big and Tate or AJ come in, um, you know, you, you may see more punt situations. Um, so we'll recap it next week. We'll, we'll, we'll go uh, and, and next week when we're doing this, we'll, we'll do it for the playoff. We'll do it on the main show. So... Um, Actually, when is the playoff? Well, maybe we'll just do it for the championship. I don't think I don't know if we'll be back in time for that. But um, all right, cool. Well, that's it. That's all we got for the Made Equal Pick Six. Appreciate Made Equal and their support. Um, you guys support them. They do a great, great job um, giving back and also supporting our uh, FSU student athletes. Again, we are going to be out at the Cheese It Bowl, big tailgate going on on Thursday. Starts at two p.m., maybe two thirty, somewhere in there. Uh, come hang out with us. Tickets, you can get them at cheeseitbowltailgate.eventbrite.com. Um, wanna give a I want to give a quick shout out to the NCAA. That doesn't happen often because they suck. Um, I think it's cool that they're they're not counting the bowl game for um, uh, like scholarship or uh, like red shirts. So if you'd already played in four games, you can play in the bowl game and it doesn't it, you're, it's your fifth game, but that's okay. You, it doesn't count against you for a red shirt. Uh, I think that's cool. I think that's that's neat. Um, you know, g give guys a, a chance to get in and just, you know, get to say they played in the bowl game. Um, I, th I think that's really cool. So I like that. Um, outside of that, I don't have a ton. Um, i trying to think if there's any, like, big shout-outs or anything. This is the last sporting event for FSU's fall sports um, on Thursday. 
Oh, did we give a score prediction? Richie, give a score prediction. Let's get out of here. Yeah, I believe I said 41 to 30. I don't know if I did a score prediction. So, yeah, I like that score prediction. I went on something last week, and I think my score was around that, 41-27 or 38-27, something like that. So somewhere in that range. I don't know exactly. We'll put out a graphic this week, and and you can see my prediction there. Uh, Any shout-outs, Richie, before we get out of here? Uh, Yeah, shout-out to Goat Michael Alford for confirming that Die Hard is the greatest Christmas movie, and I love the little video clip he put out talking to Amari. So shout out to our AD. Um, I don't have anything. Shout out to Knowles. Uh, hope you guys all had a good Christmas. Hope you guys all stayed safe. Um, we'll be back with more content throughout the week, and then hopefully see you guys all out there on Thursday. Make sure you get your tickets through Eventbrite. There's a uh, discount code. If you go follow Michaela Edenfield, she's posted it on her social medias. There's a discount code you can use. I'm not saying it here on the pod. you got to go find her and follow her. But, she'll uh, be out there with us, right? She'll be out there. Maybe some more athletes out there. We've got some big stuff coming. So come hang out if you're in Orlando. Um, shout out Harlan, who does a ton behind the scenes for us. It's always kind of a scatter fest when we're on here live. So appreciate him for not just jumping off and throwing his arms up and going home. Um of course, shout out Made Equal Clothing, Bay Cannon, and Rohan Law, TJ Pinger, Richie Barnes. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Go Knowles.